this is Osama Dahoud for the 4040 Vision podcast, back with another short episode here. Uh, here at 4040, we do hypotheticals like, hey, what if the 49ers drafted Aaron Rodgers over Alex Smith? We'll do redrafts uh, like the 2014 NBA draft where Nikola Jokic went 40th or something during a Taco Bell commercial. He wasn't called on the stage. We interview people in sports like Adrisa Grandiwal, who's a co-owner of this very cool Oakland Roots Soccer Club. Uh, so a lot of good uh, good content we're dropping here every week. Please subscribe wherever you get podcasts and share with your friends. Make sure while you're doing the dishes, you're just burning through our episode list. We got a lot of good stuff. Uh, so let's, let's get into this sh- short episode here about something I thought that you might find interesting. Uh, the governing body of, of Europe in football, UEFA, are cracking the whip and they're imposing a new financial fair play regulation in the wake of some pretty insane spending in the last in the last transfer window uh, in in the Premier League, so this new rule limits the maximum number of years that a club can spread a transfer fee spent on signing a new player. It is now only five years. There wasn't really a, a limit for that. Uh, so the club that has sparked this legislature is Chelsea, who spent over four hundred million dollars last summer before the season started. So I have some data to kind of cap off their grand finale in the transfer window that just shut a couple days ago. Uh, but quick, quick history on financial fair play. So it was approved by UEFA in 2009. I think the 2011 season is the first year it was fully implemented. So basically clubs that have qualified to play in UEFA competitions are kind of assess a, like a break-even requirement over a three-year period. So their spending has to be balanced with the revenue they make. So in theory, this is supposed to encourage good financial practice and prevent clubs from accumulating debt uh, from their spending. Trying to protect them from themselves is what they're trying to say. Unofficial terms, it was implemented as combating this excessive spending by wealthy club owners who you know, were deemed to be creating, you could say, an unfair playing field. So a club like Manchester City can't use revenue generated from sponsorship or money that comes from uh, expenditures of ownership to pay for players. The money spent has to come from club revenue. It can't come from ownership's other ventures. I remember Lucas Mora went for $45 million over 10 years ago to, to PSG. And everyone went crazy. They went insane that a 19-year-old would go for that much. Um, and now, you know, he's probably one of these players that Chelsea just just spent a bunch of money on at this point. Um, so now we're kind of seeing this with Chelsea. What the hell did they do that has resulted in more financial fair play rules? They have a new American owner after the exit of Roman Abramovich amid kind of his ties to the Russian government after the invasion of Ukraine. Enter Todd Bowley. This guy has an extensive list of toys that he has ownership stake in. He comes from investment banking, and he's used his tremendous earnings towards uh, a 20% stake in the L.A. Dodgers, part ownership of the L.A. Sparks, ownership in DraftKings and Chelsea, amongst other things. So, anyway, Todd Bowley and Chelsea spent over $400 million last summer and over another $200 million plus in this transfer window, which is just... January. <laughs> the previous record 
was held by Barcelona at 380 million in 2018. Chelsea just spent 629 million between this transfer window last summer and January. So they steamrolled the previous record by nearly 300 million more. I mean, it was a bunch of signings. It's comical. And I was laughing out loud when the transfer for Endo Fernandez went through because Benfica wouldn't budge off of 120 million for a kid that just won best young player at, at the Qatar World Cup. And that's an understandable number to slowly walk away from, but Chelsea didn't. And it's pretty hilarious, but well done. So, I mean, how much is, in the grand scheme of things, 629 million in transfer fees? The German league, the Bundesliga, at total, between last summer and this winter, spent 555 million in transfer fees. So they outspent an entire league on their own. Let's try this again. Sorry, sorry. I have another. Let's, we could spin it another way. The Premier League spent $1 billion for the first time ever in the January transfer window. Chelsea accounted for 37% of that, which is equivalent to more than the combined spend of the leagues in Germany, Spain, Italy, and France. What? <laughs> I mean, that is insane. I, I know the Premier League is the most valuable league in the world, but I mean, wow, it's, I mean, the spending is, it's stunning. Um, but you're probably thinking, how the hell are Chelsea making this happen with all of these financial and fair play rules supposed to make things a little bit more even? I mean, what they're doing is accounting. They're com they're complying with something called amortization. So basically, this means Chelsea can spread the cost of a transfer across the length of the contract of the signed player, which prevents going over uh, single-year expenditures. So let's use an example. The biggest one here is Mikhailo Mudrik, who came on a transfer fee of $80 million. It's probably not dollars, but I'm going to use dollars. I'm sorry. Uh, and signed an eight-year deal, eight-year deal, okay, eight years that runs to 2031. So Chelsea can spread that transfer fee across that eight-year deal. That's almost $9.5 million a year. But say it was a four-year deal because the max would is five now, that's $20 million per year. So, I mean, looking at it that way, pretty smart business. It's also like an aggressive accounting that's incredibly beneficial to clubs that generate significant revenue and want to stay competitive and try to play by the same rules of financial fair play. I mean, there's a huge inherent risk if players don't perform. But if you're willing to spend this kind of money, you probably don't care at all. You qualify for the Champions League, maybe win the Champions League, win your league, stay competitive, stay in the top four rankings every year and stay profitable. Sometimes that's enough. I want to stand transfer fees for a second just as a reminder. So transfer fees, again, are not amortized now, which is what made all of this possible with Chelsea. So this summer, starting in July, that there will be this five-year rule to limit the spread of transfer costs. It's not a killer necessarily. It does add more risk to paying higher transfer fees for players above their value. I think Enzo Fernandez's transfer value is 55 million and he went for 120 so <laughs> as you can see uh that there's there's a there's a lot that comes with the price tag using baseball as a quick example before i, I wrap up uh amortization has been a standard practice for years todd Bowley basically brought baseball to the premier league we saw julio rodriguez just go for a 13-year deal 
210 million. Fernando Tatis Jr., 14 year deal, 340 million. It's, it's, I mean, it's all generational wealth that the club can spread out over time. We saw the way it was just used. It was like a teenager who just got their first credit card and didn't know what to do with it and just, you know, th threw everything in the bag. <laughs> so, look, long term outlook. In short, uh, in addition to this five year rule, starting this year in 2023, uh, clubs will be limited to spending a set percentage of their revenue in a calendar year on transfers, agent fees, and player wages. So, the limit starting this year will be 90% before dropping to 80% in 2024 and 70% from 2025 to infinity and beyond. So with that new system, UEFA is continuously monitoring clubs. They're entering a dialogue with them if a flag is raised. So these new rules are not just called financial fair play. They're called financial sustainability and club licensing regulations. It's a mouthful. So, I mean, my, my take on this, UEFA is in court now with Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, and the bankers that financed the European Super League not too long ago. And, you know, although they're still battling that out through the legal system, this will continue to amplify these larger clubs that are looking at these rules and thinking, well, we've got to continue making a profit and growing the value of our club. We're playing by all these suffocating rules, you know, reducing the extent of our spending power. We can go make money over here in this Super League. I get both sides of that argument. And this just makes it that much more interesting. It's, it's, it's fascinating from a sports business standpoint. That's the episode. Clocked in at 10 minutes on the dot. Thank you for listening. Again, please share, subscribe, let us know. You know how these are coming out. We appreciate all the feedback. We appreciate you for listening. Thank you. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.